Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Com. Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Welcome to another episode of Rom Companion, the podcast you can listen to alongside your favorite rom coms. As always, I am your host, David, and today we'll be watching License to Wed. Now, uh, this is another uh, wedding-based rom-com, hot off the heels of 27 Dresses. And don't forget, this whole season of this this whole summer, we're doing uh, wedding-themed rom-coms. This is a nice, cool 90-minute rom-com. It's going to be a a pretty easy, breezy watch. So I figured let's go ahead and not uh, elongate the intro. Let's go ahead and start this together. I have it queued up here, and we're going to start the playback together in five. Five, four, three, two, one, play. All right, so as this movie starts up, um, something I need to get off my chest, something that you need to know, we just need to get it out of the way um, before we start. I don't like this movie. <laughs> uh, I, re- I mean, I used to love this movie. This is a movie that I grew up uh, watching. I've seen this at least a dozen times uh, 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 when I was a teen. Um, but I watched it uh, earlier this week and I don't like this movie Uh, but let's get into it we'll talk about why and everything like that in just a moment but first here we have this opening sequence uh, going over like uh, I don't know just some random couple just some wedding it's just like hey guys here's the wedding match and then er, (laughs) record scratch I don't you love that plot device Er, record scratch and then we have uh, Robin Williams of all characters giving us the opening monologue. This is kind of like when we had Candace Bergen opening up uh, Bride Wars. Um, and this dude is coming in hot. He's like, this guy hates weddings. Very negative. Or not hates weddings, he hates marriage. This whole thing is very pessimistic or cynical. He claims to be this expert. So then he, okay, so he's giving our monologue. Again, normally, this is usually one of our romantic leads. uh, But in this case, it is Robin Williams kind of narrating this romance. A romance, by the way, in which he's not really involved. Uh, So here we have our two leads. We have uh, John Krasinski and Nanny Moore. And before we dive into this, let's get this. This is the meet cue. One of the things already, one of the flaws of this movie. Hi, I'm Sadie. Hi. We kind of bumble through all these rom- romantic beats way too quickly in a montage, right? So we got the first uh, uh, beat cute. Now we have this first kiss, which is uh, awkward. It's fun. It's fun, but it's really awkward. And I, I would like to like live in these moments a bit more rather than have them, again, told to me in the second person by uh, Robin Williams. And then again, even this moment, you know? I don't know who these people are. I have no context. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're experiencing this through Robin Williams' lens, which is, I don't know. Makes me feel really detached and removed. These are fun moments. These are great rom-com, like, beats, right? The She says, I love you at the beach, and she doesn't hear him. Then she says, I love you, and the old guy hears him. It's funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we are... You know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like um, like you're catching up with a friend. 
And then the friends not telling you about their love life or not talking about their, their you know, uh, relationship. They're just talking about like, oh my God, my cousin, my cousin met this guy and my cousin, they had his first kiss and my cousin's getting married. And you're like, I don't know your cousin. I don't care about your cousin. I'm trying to connect with you. And because Robin Williams gave us the opening monologue, we're connected to him. Not to John Krasinski and many more. So um, anyways, uh, 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 yeah, let's just get, let's just dive into this so we can enjoy the movie. Here's my theory on, uh, on what's going on. Um, the main character really should be John Krasinski. He should be the protagonist and everything should be experienced through him. But they got Robin Williams. And when you have Robin Williams, you're going to use Robin Williams. You know what I mean? So of course you're going to have him uh, uh, narrate and open it up uh, to a uh, fault. Because I'm not gonna, the most we've heard of John Krasinski, you know, so far, you know, we're about uh, four or five minutes into this movie. Uh, we've only heard, like had little snippets, um, you know, he's like a sketch character to us. That's all we really had. So far, we've had this just like a sketch of their relationship. So thrilled with her perseverance. Thank you for the support. Here is, uh, by the way, Christine Taylor, a <laughs> phenomenal comedic actress. Most people know her from um, uh, uh, Zoolander, but I love her work as um, Marsha Brady. Anyways, um, they take a lot of, like, low-blow pot shots at her in this movie. I don't get it. I don't know. Again, we're hearing, we've heard more from the dad giving this toast than we have from these two yet. You know what I mean? Finally. We learned his name. He's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Sadie and Ben. And, uh, yeah, anyway, so now let's talk about, let's, 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 let's move on. Let's talk about John Krasinski and Mandy Moore. Uh, another wedding cake couple. John Krasinski, wedding cake groom, uh, Mandy Moore, wedding cake bride. They're at their, so the, uh, Mandy Moore's parents' I don't know, renewing of the vows. And I love this moment. This moment, though, we're really detached from, because this is the first time we heard this guy speak. So here's our first impression of John Krasinski. Well, I thought since everyone was gathered, Gathered already. Awkward. But boom, dude pulls off the the proposal. In front of God and family, Quanley and Jerry and Otis and I just want to know. Poor thing, we barely heard uh, Manny Moore speak either. She's the romantic, you know, female lead. She should really be. Great delivery, great performance. I would love to have started here, maybe. Start with that moment. You choose our 30th wedding anniversary to propose to my daughter? Um, <laughs> well, fun, fun, fun. Great opening. 
That would have been a great code opening. This one, this moment. Maybe the original opening to the movie. You know what's interesting, and maybe part of this is, has to do with just the way that we experience John Krasinski. We know him so much as Jim Halpert, right? Kind of fun, charismatic, confident. The awkwardness angle, I don't know if it really suits him. He's doing a great job of it, but as an audience, I don't know if we um, connect to it. He's like, it's like when the, uh, I put it to you this way. It's like if the homecoming king or like if the football captain is like in the school play and he tries to act awkward and you're like, dude, you're not awkward. It's kind of like that. You know, even if he's doing a great job, even if he's like a stellar actor, you're still like, but you're the football captain. You know what I mean? How would you know? You weren't even married there, and I think we all know how that marriage turned out. Yikes. They just keep attacking her. Excuse me. All right, so here's, here's where it is. This is a wedding. This is a, a, a marriage, and they need to get married at St. Augustine's. So that's the kind of the premise. We finally got there. This is uh, maybe a little soon, a little simple, like into here. We haven't really felt any romance between these two. We're about, <coughs> we're about to get some romance right now. Uh, and it's going to be cut short. But yeah, uh, here's this church, and it's like kind of a whatevs church, but it has significance to uh, Mandy Moore. Kind of. Let's 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 explore this in a second. So they come into church, and I think here's where we should meet Robin Williams. And by the way, uh, I had to get this out of the way, folks. Of course, we all know this. I think this is the first rom-com we've done with Robin Williams, but. What we'll an incomparable talent, me. you know? Jesus didn't scare you. I did. uh, there's this kid. I don't know who this kid is. He's kind of like Robin Williams' sidekick. I don't know if he's like a, a, a Disney Channel or like a Nickelodeon actor. Uh, but uh, this shtick, I think, uh, uh, overstays its welcome beyond this scene. This first scene. But yeah, Robin Williams carries this movie, steals the movie, steals the show, if you will. Uh, yeah, I guess there's no other way to say it. Um, Robin Williams was too big for this movie. Uh, so by the way, um, while they're playing out this little, like, I don't know, game, where he's teaching the Ten Commandments to these kids, which, by the way, I don't feel like it should be that hard. Ten Commandments, isn't that like Bible 101? Okay, anyways, let me just say this, folks. Um, I don't... Uh, I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church. I don't read the Bible. I don't follow any of this stuff. But here's the reason why I watched this movie so much. Uh, uh, this movie came out when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend who was... Super religious, super, um, she, the type of, you know, don't call me or call me in three hours because I'm going to be in church. 
you know, or I'm going to be doing, I don't know what it's called, the Bible stuff, the Bible class, Bible club, whatever, you know? So there was like a lot of her social life was uh, religious stuff. So I was just like, well, if I want this relationship to work, I better learn more about it. I better, you know, uh, 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 see what this whole God thing's all about. So... I watched this movie, and this movie, if anything, I know, I know now as an adult, like, yeah, this was probably, that's probably the wrong approach to, <laughs> to getting to know someone's religious background, but like, this movie told me everything I ever needed to know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, probably a, a poor judgment to make, but I was just like, never gonna date or marry anyone religious can't do it not because of just because of this movie for lots of reasons but uh, uh, this movie didn't help didn't do them any favors I'm surprised uh, <laughs> that a movie so heavily circled around uh, uh, the church is so I don't know negative about it anyways here's the uh, introduction to Robin Williams so there's this there's this dynamic that we have going on and again Robin Williams, super fun, right? Again, great uh, 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 comedic actor. Almost everything he does oozes, like, he, it's charismatic, it's magnetic, right? Even when he's being serious, he's, he's so, uh, uh, whatever, you know? He draws you in. He's a great person. But here's what I think maybe what is going on. Robin Williams' character oozes out this like youth pastor energy right and you see here he's also kind of this uber pastor he's got pictures with the pope he's uh uh pictures with uh former presidents right so he's a very important man uh but earlier you can kind of i don't know if they got to it yet but sadie doesn't really have uh a connection to this pastor they kind of imply that they, she used to be much more devout, a lot more connected. Um, but we don't know. Another three-week wedding. That is really quick. But anyways, uh, what was I going to say? Just like that. I think that originally they didn't have Robin Williams. I'm pretty sure they didn't write this for Robin Williams in mind. My theory of why this movie is kind of all over the place and why this movie kind of has a lot of uh, flaws in it to it, there, there's, this, there's this tension between John Krasinski and Robin Williams that is like unfounded and unsupported in every single way. Like, there are a lot of logical reasons why Robin Williams would or sh might have a, a problem or may butt heads with John Krasinski. Um, he's not religious, like me. Uh, uh, um, he knows John from the past, and he doesn't like who, you know, like, oh, you're marrying Sadie? Sadie's this pure angel, and you're like this, you know, you're going to corrupt her, right? Or three, and this is what I think it was originally, I think Frank uh, was supposed to maybe have a past with Sadie, maybe like a romantic past, like maybe he used to have a crush on her. So I don't think it was written, again, with Robin Williams in mind. It was probably supposed to be like a younger dude who used to have a crush on Sadie, and then uh, he event, you know, Sadie, like we mentioned, kind of stopped coming to church, stopped being so religious, which led Frank to uh, take the cloth. 
I also don't know if reverends can get married or not. I maybe is that pastor? One. So I don't know if this is the type of dude that would or could get married anyways, but the way that he is with Sadie, he kind of like endears her. And then the way that he is with uh, John Krasinski with, um, what's that dude's name? Uh, 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 whatever. He, he kind of like rejects him. It's, it, to me, this kind of screams uh, love triangle. You know, this kind of screams like, you're not good enough for her, right? You're not good enough for her. It doesn't need to be that. Again, it could have been that you're not good enough for her because you're not religious or you're not good enough for her because, you know, I know you from confession and I know you used to have a bunch of sins, so I don't like you. But this guy just like, for some reason, throws uh, Ben into the gauntlet for no reason. Uh, now again, like, me, it's called license to wed, and if he's supposed to be like testing the relationship, he should test both of them. He should test. Uh, by the way, that's uh, May, uh, Mindy Kaling early in her career, uh, almost like a cameo uh, performance. In fact, I should just get this out of the way. There's a lot of cameos from um, office cast members. Uh, because it's directed by Ken Kwapis, who directed uh, License, uh, directed The Office, the pilot episode and the last episode. Um, so yeah, pretty prominent uh, person in the Office universe. Happened to bring in a lot of Office cast members into this film. Uh, but anyways, uh, going back to this idea, I'm going to talk about it in that lens because that is my reading of it and that's my interpretation. I interpret this as Originally, it was written for a younger character, and this guy was supposed to be a romantic rival to Ben, to John Krasinski's character, competing for Sadie uh, instead of, you know, testing both of them. He's only testing Ben. Uh, but uh, uh, they had to change it, because once he gets Robin Williams, they had to reshift the whole movie around him, which is not a bad thing, because again... Honestly, the only thing that makes this movie kind of watchable is uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams is the only, like, redeeming part of this movie. Um, not to say that John Krasinski and Manny Moore do a bad job, but there's, there, I don't know. They're just so sidelined. Anyways, here we have uh, the first challenge. And this, to me, seems so over-the-top, yet also very accurate. Doesn't, isn't that just like religion in a, 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 a one big, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The church's whole thing is shaming people uh, and then having this moral superiority, right? So... Even though I don't think that they would really sing uh, your late song, uh, it's totally within character. I buy it. I'm not thrown off. Every week, your sermons get better and better. Come from upstairs, Vivian. I'm just a T ball. I love Rob Williams. Uh, there's this, by the way, this is uh, uh, Eric Christian Olsen, who should have done more rom coms, to be uh, honest. Uh, uh, but. I don't right. think he has. Sorry? See, like, this comment calling 
many more tight? Like, come on, that's weird. Anyways, uh, there's something of a, uh, love triangle there. I almost think that that was almost added as an afterthought. Because it doesn't really take, uh, shape very much. It doesn't really become any, uh, anything. It's just like this side joke, I guess you could say. What I guess what I'm trying to say is it had potential to be more, you know? Could have been more if if they leaned harder on it, but we're leaning so hard on Robin Williams. No, me too. This is great. A little one-on-one time with your spiritual elder. See, there's also this part. He calls him the spiritual elder, and Robin Williams gets upset. And I can only read it as, like, oh, you're calling me old? How dare you? I'm going to show you how old I am. I'm going to throw this baseball really hard. Why would he care? He is older, you know? Let me double-check how old he was when this movie got made, you know? Robin Williams, when this movie got made, was, like, 56, right? Roughly 56. John Krasinski, when the movie got made, uh, was uh, like uh, 28 or 29. I'm so bad at math. 28, 29. You know what I mean? Like, so Ron Williams is like a good 20-something years his senior. So why would he get upset by calling him a, a, his elder? Again, unless he was, written, he was supposed to be a younger actor. Could have been like a 30-year-old guy who's like, oh, you think I'm old? Let me show you my arm. And then check this out. He's also like misconstruing all of the things he says. And he throws it like right at his nose. I'm not a baseball player by any means. I'm not an athlete by any means. But like, I've thrown a ball around. And I feel like you don't aim for people's faces. You know, it's like you keep your eye on the ball to catch, but... I don't know. Maybe you do aim for people's faces. I don't know, but get on right in the schnoz, and I feel like again. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh Lord! I don't know. What a weird thing. That, what a weird relationship it is between these two, right? I'm like, I am uh, going to marry your favorite lamb, right? Or I don't even, she's a lamb of God. I don't know what you mean, like, uh, is he a shepherd? I forget. Whatever. I don't know the analogy. I don't really know the relationship. I don't really know what the heck reverends do, except give sermons every Sunday, you know? But again, like you saw from the opening monologue, too, his whole thing is so, like, anti-marriage. Uh, even though he's the people, he's the person that, like, weds peoples, he's, he, he's like, no. All these couples, you know, they, I, they don't, and, like, I would love some backstory of why he believes that. Maybe it's because, you know, 50% of his uh, congregation gets divorced and he feels ashamed about it. Maybe he was in love and then he got, you know, a divorce. They don't dive into it at all. He just, for no reason, hates Ben and injures him. <laughs> and even like this, he's just like, there's no such thing as faith healing. Like, I love it. Like, I don't believe in faith healing either. But, like, why did... Why did we play the faith healing game if we don't believe in it? He's just, he's just fucking with him. He's just fucking with John Krasinski. Alright, so now they're gonna go to this group therapy scene, which is still, I think, again, a really fun beat, but like... We are borderline getting into 
Look at the love made up scenarios. If that doesn't work, why would a man, uh, and hey, this, hey, this goes for a lot of things, right? But why would a man who's never been married feel entitled to be able to counsel couples? Why would a man who has never, uh, you know, a lot of things? Like, why, why does the church feel the need to, to butt into everybody's business when they have no, I, I don't know. All they have is this dumb book from a long time ago. Guys, I could go off, and I'm gonna try not to. It's gonna be hard not to. I'm gonna try to resist, but like, <laughs> there's so much wrong with the idea of uh, uh, Robin Williams doing this stuff. Speaking of wrong, here's another really weird thing that, uh, again, maybe as a kid I didn't like, it didn't track, but now that I am an adult, like this is bonkers, insane. He sends his little sidekick kid uh, into Bug their apartment who what where when why would we do this you know and again tonight robin uh rob williams if he was a uh, former romantic uh rival sure even then that's borderline you know why but at least for now sure why not so please step up to the top of the circle come on get your butts up there Let's get this perfect so they also do this thing, which I also, I don't know, I, I obviously I've never been a part of a group therapy, or uh, uh, couples counseling. They do this uh, role-playing game where they play each other. And again, this is unfounded too. Like if they had set this up earlier, if we had spent more time with uh, John Krasinski and Mandy Moore, maybe this would have some, make some more sense, it's have some context, you know? We're only like 25 minutes into it, and then there's this whole thing where it's just like, you know, well, you're so go with the flow, and you're so like such a control freak. Here, I'll, I'll let you listen to it. Listen to how, how unnatural this conversation sounds. It's okay, honey. Accidents happen, so just be more careful next time. Promise I will. Okay. That's perfect. That's right. That's how a couple communicates. Even unhealthy ones, I feel like. So now here is... Uh, listen, here, here's the exaggerated part. By the way, get ready for this guy's voice. So that's... Uh, Brian Baumgartner, who uh, plays Kevin, and now you can like hear his real voice. When he plays Kevin, he puts on this affectation. So here's his real voice. Threw me off, threw me for uh, a tailspin when I first saw it. I was like, geez, that's his real voice? Oh my gosh, what a great actor. We're gonna do roll reversal. All right, Sadie, I want you to be Ben. Ben. Come on, step up there. So we already Come saw how they would play it out as Come the on. other, per, uh, you know. They're both really calm and really understanding. So, but for some reason, now they're they're going to be like picking on each other's uh, idiosyncrasies. I don't know what you'd call it. How is this ever like a good idea? Why would people ever do this? You know, I'm gonna be you. I'm gonna be me. You're just forcing a confrontation. 
lost. <laughs> you know what, Ben? Maybe we would right, have lost is. if you would just follow the trip tick that I prepared three days in advance. Well, <laughs> like, why would he do I that? I thought that I was following like, the road signs pretty well, just going with the flow as usual. Go along for the ride. Who was? You, as me. Benny Moore's so great. I wish Benny Moore did more stuff. She did plenty, though. What am I saying? And to do this in front of other people, too. Wow. Honestly, and I will be honest here. Like, again, I don't know much about couples or whatever. If you do this in public, like, if you're, if you're, if you're willing to do this, you're either super healthy, like, you're either, like, in the healthiest relationship in your life where you're like okay with each other's flaws and stuff or you, like it's toxic it's just i mean but, but most of the times it's really toxic that's a really that's not healthy way to do i love this though homeboy's trying to save all the uh, all the potato skins okay uh, we'll pick up next week with uh, balancing the joint checking account I love this, and this maybe this is like this is maybe the one good plot point that I really do enjoy. There's this whole thing about how uh, Ben can't write his wedding vows, so like here they, here's where they tease it, and then it's gonna come up again. Like you know, it's that perfect recipe. You set it up, you 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 talk about how like that's a strain or how that can create conflict, and then of course at the end, spoiler alert, he's gonna pull it off. He's going to read his vows, and they're pretty good. So. I wish the movie was more like that. I wish the movie was more like, uh, uh, like guys, let's just let's just like actually get to those couple, find some conflicts uh, that naturally occur, and then resolve them. But anyways, uh, <laughs> here's them listening to them in bed. Why? What? This is uh, unhinged, you know. What did he just say? Some weird term for sex. I don't know. Weird. Not even. I don't get it. Anyways, here we go. Yes, I want to pass the course. So. So they can't have sex. Guys, if you've ever dated a, a religious girl or a religious woman, we all know how this goes. <laughs> I relate to this all too well. Wow. Three weeks never killed It wasn't three weeks for me, though. It was years. Because God is watching, apparently. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I just want to say this. Uh, I think we should normalize uh, either partner, but if your partner doesn't have sex, that's fine. You should really respect that, right? I'm a cigar uh, uh, Normalize masturbating, even if you have a partner, and if your partner's on the mood, and you should be like, it should go like, you know, she should be okay with it if he does it, he should be okay with it if she does it, you know. So like, okay. if he's like, fine, if you, if you don't want to have sex, I'm gonna masturbate. Do you, do you want to go to the couch or should I? Or is it okay if I stay in bed and do it? You know, let's. That I don't. That's I think that's perfectly healthy. You know. Time to build on the 
Foundation. One partner wants sex, one partner doesn't want sex. That one partner should still get sex. Women do it all the time, right? They just do it afterwards. Oh, what's that? What? Women don't do that? It's not normal? I mean, I'm really glad. You're telling me it's not normal for women to masturbate after having sex with... What? <laughs> uh, anyways. No? Uh, uh, uh. I just want to feel some enthusiasm from him, or is that expecting too much? Lady, you have so much to learn about men. I didn't realize that she was a florist. Did they set that up? Did they explain that? What's he do? Is he a football, a basketball coach, or teacher? I think that this point of view is dated. Not that the men don't actually still talk like this. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure this is still a mentality prevalent with a lot of men. But like as a com comedic device. You don't see a lot of rom-coms. I mean, first of all, you don't see a lot of rom-coms that much anymore. But I think rom-coms have kind of like evolved past this point of view where it's just like, this is all big power player. Like, oh, you know, men are this, women are that. And I think it's because the point of view should not be coming from a third person. Shouldn't be coming from a rom-com best friend. It should really should be their own internal philosophies that create friction. That's kind of what's happening, you know. Of course, there's always uh, 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 John Krasinski and Mandy Moore are kind of just vehicles for other people's point of views to be, you know, like, or like vessels in which other people just tell them what to think and what to feel. Look at this. This is like, finally, Mandy Moore is getting some abuse, right? Poor John's been taking it all, but then here you have. Uh, uh, what's this dude's name? Wanda Sykes. Uh, Wanda Sykes is hitting him, hurting her. It's so intrusive. What about me? For a man to experience the equivalent level of pain, you'd have to pull your scrotum over your head. That was incredible. Glad you feel that way. Now the real fun begins. Welcome to the world of parenting. Oh my gosh, I forgot about this sub point. <laughs> they give him these robo babies. Which again, not his job, you know. Parenting classes, although important. Uh, not necessarily a requirement to get married because one, I don't know if they would want to even have kids. I mean, they said they did, but two, I don't think that you need to be a good parent in order to get married. You get married and you know you can learn to become a good parent. I don't know, whatever. Again, I think they're running out of ideas, running out of beats, right? Like they had, like, how do we draw this out? Let's do the group counseling, which isn't a thing. Let's do the uh, baby test, which isn't a thing. Um, but yeah, again, it's. Uh, uh, Ron Williams, and here's the thing, they don't say that Mandy Moore isn't a good mom, 
it's all just about making John Krasinski seem like a uh, not a good dad. Uh, uh, so let's. Uh, Robin Williams is trying to make John Krasinski look like a bad dad. Again, why? Why doesn't he want her to get married to him? Motivation unknown. Wait, we're not bringing these with us, are we? Come on, can't we just like phone in our orders? Oh no, we're so jammed this week. Tomorrow's the only day we can do it. Look at that. How nice sleep. So I did it. Just think about these robot babies. Think about like the props department that had to build it and build all the all the expressions, that little snot machine thing. Insane. Oh, did you guys ever have to do that in high school? I don't know if that was just me. Um, you do the thing where you uh, are paired up with someone and you have to be parents for like uh, a week. I don't know why they do that still. It seems uh, insane. To, I mean, the AS is to scare you from having sex. But uh, one, like, my school couldn't afford the actual baby dolls, so we just carried around sacks of flour. So I guess at the end of the day, it was just a workout. Like, hey, carry around this uh, uh, two, three-pound bag around school. But then two, like, and I hate this. I hated this about uh, school, but, like, they instructed teachers and security guards to steal the baby from you if you were like not attentive so for instance like after school if you're waiting for your parents to pick you up you know you set down your backpack you set down your baby and, and you like go hang out with your friends you just wait for your ride uh security guards and teachers were instructed to walk up and take the steal essentially that bag of flour from you if uh if you weren't holding it such an insane thing so if you can just you can just imagine like at lunch everybody's eating lunch blah blah some security guard or some teacher would walk by and all of a sudden every kid picks up their bag of flour, basically playing defense. And what did that teach us? That just taught us anxiety, like, oh, everyone is going to kidnap our kids. You know, it's good to be safe. It's good to, you know, be attentive, but it's not good to live in constant fear and dread that your parents are going, your kids are going to be kidnapped. And also, we were kids. We were 14, 15 years old. You know? Insane that we did that. Insane tradition. Uh, <laughs> and then also, one last thing. Uh, I can't believe, like, we had to add the layer of, like, not just babies, uh, robot babies, but also, like, two real kids. Why did they do that? <laughs> And they smell like really real shit. <laughs> like they really shit. What the fuck, you know? This is so insane. And this lady here is mortified, sure, but like, that's a robot. Come on. Ugh. Ugh. That's like a, uh, a pan uh, like a tampon commercial. It's like some blue goo. <laughs> Why does it do that? Why would it ever need to do that? <laughs> See, and again, it's, it's uh, Krasinski going through the test. It's not... Uh, 
many more. Why did he just stay at home? Like, uh, just have her uh, register for gifts by herself. What, what lessons are we teaching this kid, by the way? This uh, apprentice. Like, it should have been Robin Williams. Why don't we just make it Robin Williams doing these things, hiding in the... It'd be fun. Robin Williams is the one turning up and escalating it. And yeah, these real kids. This is madness. Yeah. Who, who, who hasn't shaken a bit? What the heck? You know, oh my gosh. I get it. I get it, but that's a, a wild image. <laughs> Just deheaded a bit, a beheaded a baby. Where are those kids? The real kids? Like way more. Why are there 56 straws on here? You know, maybe it's just the times, guys. Maybe it's just because it's uh, released in 2007, but we have online registries now. They should just register online. Whatever. Everybody's working from home. Let's register for our gifts from home. Uh, down with uh, uh, the retail commercial space. So again, I don't know if this guy is like associate magic rival, but like he has a girlfriend. Like that's his girlfriend right next to her. And why does he feel insecure about that? He's got some real issues if he's insecure about uh, an ex-boyfriend who is already in a relationship. Snooty though, the whole cheese thing is snooty. I look, I love a good wine and cheese, but holy shit, this is just fucking cheese pun off. Lindsay, you look fabulous. Oh, thank you. How was life after the big D? Not bad, huh? Men are a little too hard to train. Stop trying and live vicariously through Ben's training. Wow. Here I was thinking I was already housebroken. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's really refreshing how honest you are with each other. You know, it doesn't happen that easily for a lot of in-laws. Really? Oh. But I feel like we're all get along really well. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Great. Ben is a wonderful addition to this family. Oh, wow. thank you. You know, I mean, whatever. There's a little awkwardness, but nothing more than just new family stuff. You know a great way around new family awkwardness? Word association. Excuse me? No, it's not. Really? You go around the table and you one word that best describes each in-law, and then they get to pick one word that best describes you. Kind of a give and take, kind of an icebreaker, loosens things. Oh, God, this sounds so fun. Icebreaker? There you know That's each other. And just to make it all positive, you know, grandma, nice. <laughs> Mom, nice. Dad, nice. That's a good one. Wisdom's a good one. What about Ben? 
your first age. Let's just try and stick with <laughs> oh. Ends up making, uh, okay. making John a, a, a punching bag. No, no, come on. Don't think. What's the first word that comes to your mind? Go for it. Independent. What? Golden. Are you kidding me? No, gold. No, like you exude gold. Mm. Not dumb, though. Mm -mm. I didn't say dumb. You didn't oh. say dumb. You said blonde. Okay, blonde Lindsay. Oh, my turn. Okay, oh, awesome. Yes, oh. okay, so. Brunette. Uh, <laughs> assertive. Uh, if you need someone to take the bull by the horns. I thought he was gold with the flow. <laughs> now he's assertive. It's not that good. I mean, no, she's, she's laughing a little too hard for it. But uh, good joke. <laughs> Can I don't know. Maybe it's just so transparent to me, but like I don't know. This feels like we're instigating. Everybody's instigating. How do you do better with the word association? You associate with the words. Like you could do a better word. <laughs> Called you vanilla. Yes. Could be bland. I'm not sure, but it's your call. Wow. Back at mom. Come on, Ben. Okay. Uh, Stepford E. Stepford E. Is that an adjective? Yeah. It just describes, you know, uh, let's just sweep everything under the rug with a pat on the back. It's not one word association if you like end up uh, explaining it later on. Do we have any problems here, folks? I don't think so. Because if we did, we just throw some money at it because we all know there's nothing. There it is. There it is. This is a very uh, like uh, rich, snooty, the class issue. But what a long way to get there. What a long way to address that. I don't like this family either, to be honest. I, I just like uh, taking a second to think about it. Yeah, they are. Uh, I don't like them. But you know what? Let's take a break after this scene. Um, Time for a punishment. No. <laughs> dude's gonna try to have sex again. Like I get it, you know. Keep trying to get it in, but no means no. And also, Robin Williams very irresponsible to be listening and stalking essentially, uh, essentially, uh, and then also like uh, including this child in this as well. So it's to me very wild. Weird, right? Wild. And again, why would he care? Ugh. He said it's a romantic rival. Talking about sex, does that make you uncomfortable, Ben? No, I'm not uncomfortable talking about sex. No. Having you in my living room talking about sex, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh. Come on now, Ben. The number one rule of a good sex life is not being so serious. What does this guy know about having a good sex life? As the humor goes, there goes the intimacy. And then there 
The only thing keeping them from, you know, being a happy couple is preventing them from having sex. I don't really get this. So is he saying that sex is important or sex isn't important? I don't. I it's I, uh, I again. You know what I'm doing, guys. I I really am projecting a lot of my feelings about religion onto this film, and I'm seeing that now, and I've uh, now become aware of it. But it is bad and it is wrong, and that is what why a lot of people didn't like this movie is because the point of view that that uh, Ron Williams kind of embodies is like hypocritical and it's always it's it, it's uh, inconsistent. Interrupt us before sex. I'm glad I got that off my chest. That felt good. Oh, okay. That's okay. I mean, if you're not comfortable with this, let's show him how to do it, Sadie, okay? Don't be shy, don't hold back. See in right here. This is weird. This is very weird, right? Rob Williams talking about sex with Sadie. Hi. Whoa. Again, they talk like exes. This is unhinged. Yes. I love it when you get creative like that. Oh, you have no idea because I love it when you take oh, control. Beth. It's so sexy. What do you like about that? Okay. That's enough of that. Ben, come on. This is just an exercise. We were told. Benny Moore no. is a little bit. That's an exercise. No, no, I see Ben's point of view. Unusual for like leaning into this. Maybe I should pencil in the marriage date. This is an adult. This is a father figure to her that she knew from her her past, right? And then she's like, "What are you doing?" It is weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was that? Should we back on schedule? He's a reverend, Ben. Okay. We'll pause after this scene. Excuse me. I can't believe the first man to actually ask me what I like in bed was my minister. Okay, we'll pause it right there. Sorry, couldn't find a good spot to uh, pause it. But we got to take this break. Uh, whoa. First half of License to Wed. I know I'm being negative, but again, I watched this so much growing up. And that, you know what? That just means I've grown. I, as a kid, I liked it, and now I don't. But anyways, let's take a break. We'll recap the first half, and then we'll finish up the second half of this movie together. Um... See you after a sip of water. All right, welcome back. Hopefully you had a nice long break. Uh, let's go ahead and recap the first half of License to Wed. And as I think about it, you know, gags aside, not a lot of things happen. This is a really gag and bit heavy movie. All right, so you have kind of really, really like fast forwarded. Um, you saw Ben and Sadie meet. You saw them fall in love. Ben proposes to Sadie during uh, Sadie's parents' 30th anniversary. Um, and then they uh, decide that they are going to get married at the church that Sadie used to go to. It's also the church that uh, her grandfather built. The only really like important thing, the really important detail is that you know is that like you know her grandfather helped build this church. So it would be really touching and romantic if they could 
uh, I guess, like, continue the tradition or whatever and get married there. Uh, enter Reverend Frank, played by Robin Williams, who is now just like, hey, if you get married at my church, I need to screen you first, which I think is a real tradition. I think that's true. They do have to screen you. But uh, Robin Williams, uh, Reverend Frank, whoever you want to, whatever, like they take it to the extreme and they throw all these different tests at him, at, at, uh, at John Krasinski. Uh, he has an affinity towards Sadie, which is never really clearly defined or, or detailed. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. He's kind of like needling and trying to find reasons of why Ben is a bad match. And I've talked a lot about how I think that's really inappropriate and weird and, and possibly retconned and possibly uh, changed. Uh, originally, it probably wasn't supposed to be Robin Williams. It was supposed to be someone younger and maybe more attracted to Sadie. Anyways... Uh, the only actual thing that we kind of catch is one, uh, uh, John Krasinski hasn't written his vows yet, and then two, he kind of butt heads with the uh, family, kind of like uh, uh, in a really weird scene, kind of just revealed that like, oh yeah, your parents are kind of like rich schmucks. Uh, finally, uh, where we left off, um, they were gonna have sex. And, oh, yeah, the whole thing is, like, Frank has this rule where you can't have sex before the wedding, even though they've had sex before. So it's not even, like, a real rule, you know? Like, they've already had premarital sex. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you already did commit the sin and you're already going to go to hell or whatever, I don't know, keep committing it, but whatever. Uh, and then they just had, like, this weird sex talk. Uh, again, really highly inappropriate, really cringy, but, like, not in a fun cringe way, but, like, in a manufactured cringe way, which is my least favorite type of fringe, uh, cringe. Um, all right, so that's where we're at. We found a really weird spot to pause at. I apologize for that. Uh, just because, I, you know, we're running way past the halftime mark, so I had to take a break. So the timestamp I have is 49 minutes and 11 seconds. 49.11. Uh, John is just waking up after uh, the alarm goes off. So let's go ahead and resume this together in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, resume. All right, and he is uh, waking up after an awkward night because, again, uh, Sadie uh, didn't have sex with him. And then now here, John finally finds the bug. I forgot to mention this, too. Frank bugged him, which is weird. The bug's in the wrong spot. He puts the bug back. I would be freaking out. I guess... Uh, this is his, they, we don't really explain how or why he's doing this, but he just decides to like play loud music in there. I think we might have missed a, 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 a step there. This is the, this is the, the scene we needed. And again, here's the rom-com best friend imparting Ideas like dropping ideas into his head. We can talk about this later if you need to no, focus. Cool, man. I'm good. This is about you. Lady in the wheelchair, please. Listen, the lines of communication have to be shut down immediately between you and your woman. She trusts the Reverend completely now. And See what I mean? It's like so much she's calling Shelly and telling her how we What is like again, like there's this is a uh, uh, uh this is supposed to be a love triangle, I feel like. 
Where it's like she she trusts this guy completely. Like no, she doesn't. I don't. Again, I don't. Uh, I, okay, how about this? I do know religious girls. <laughs> I, I, I I was gonna say I don't know religious girls that well, but I do actually have dated a, a fair number of religious uh, women. But they don't. Like that reverend is not like they have agency. You know, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, uh, their relationship to the reverend is never that strong. Especially Sadie's, they they had an opportunity to define the relationship, and they've made it very clear that like she hasn't gone to church in years. You know what I mean? They could have made it so that like I still go every Sunday. That would have been a completely different movie. That would have worked for me if it was like, yeah, I I, uh, I go here every year. Uh, I I go every weekend. You know. I trust Reverend Frank. He's like a second father to me. But they didn't do that. Angela Kinsey playing the wedding ring saleswoman. I think that's the last uh, office cameo. Never depart, my guy. Come apart. Never depart. Never depart. So here he is working on his vows, right? Again, we set it up. Here's him still kind of struggling with those vows. I don't know what the rules are on vows. My guy, just write a haiku. In fact, I think, you know, spoiler alert for my wedding. <laughs> I hope there is a wedding someday. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say a little haiku. Like, keep it short and sweet. You have your whole life to prove your love to her. So just say... Uh, 17 syllables and call a day. Homeboy didn't even brainstorm anything. He didn't even uh, have a, <laughs> like, uh, you know, once upon a time or like, uh, let me begin by saying he didn't even have that. He's got a flip book. So you can see she's upset. She's upset that a man can't express his emotions. What a surprise. We are in every rom-com ever. All right, so here it is. Never to come apart was what he wrote. And look at this gag that is unnecessary. I'm sorry, does that say never to fart? Never to fart. Yeah, that's what you wrote on your inscription form. I'm sorry, I wrote never to part. Never to fart? I don't know who would have written never to fart. That's ridiculous. We get pretty strange requests here, and uh, we just engrave whatever is written, and uh, there you go. Yep, never to never fart. To fart. This is such a bad joke. Nope, that's he. Yeah, that comes around in a P and an F. They, I guess they kind of look alike. Thank you, Judith. What is this letter there? That is an F. No, that's a P. It's a P. In any case, it's an easy fix. Just re-engrave it. There's no gap in the curl. Judith, was it? It actually connects. That's a P. That's never to part. Mark. Mark. Uh, could you just, you I don't know, know that we need just a, a little quick second here. And uh, what is that? Oh, the novelty inscription, yes. Nope. Mark, it's not a novelty inscription, it's a romantic inscription. What is this? No, that's not even, excuse me. What is this letter? It's an F. I, I do teach penmanship. Thank I you. Took you. Class. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Hmm. It's pretty clearly enough. Yeah. And, it, and if you excuse look me, at excuse it. Excuse me. Hi. I'm really sorry to bother you. Very nice. Could I ever ask you to help us out with a problem? Like, what's the point? You're arguing at the end of the day. It's already been engraved. You can't unengrave it. You just gotta order a new ring. So you gotta redo it anyways. What is that? I'm sorry, sir. Uh, an F? Louder, please. F? Yes. That's right. Okay, excuse me. I got it. All right. I'm getting married in two days. 
Thank you. And I really need that to say never to part. Yeah, there we go. Let's continue with the conversation. And that's what I wrote. I needed to say never to part with a P. I need it done immediately. So how do we do that? How do we get that done? Well, we could have it tomorrow in the morning. Right. Great. And that's what we can do. But there's a $250 rush fee. So I'm spending $250 on something I asked you to do in the first place? And we can guarantee that. <laughs> Anyways. This is ridiculous. There's nothing here. I almost think, you know what? Give her that never to fart. You know, 250 bucks, that's a lot of money. I don't know how much wedding bands are. That sounds more than the uh, what a wedding band would cost anyways. You know what? <laughs> you can tell uh, uh, how few uh, <laughs> long-term relationships I've been in. I've never looked up a wedding band price before. Uh, let wedding bands, I'm gonna look it up. Oh no, no, I'm no I don't want wedding musicians. I want a wedding band, the jewelry. Yeah, so it looks like most wedding bands ranging anywhere from two fifty to to six hundred bucks. Ooh, six hundred bucks! Come on. Okay, I guess some of these are like thicker, and some of these are brand name. But yeah, wedding bands should uh, two fifty is like half of the price of a wedding band. These are pretty classy. Oh man, after looking at these, never looked at uh, wedding bands before. Some of these are pretty nice. What's the rule on wearing a wedding band when you're not um, married? There's a website called Manly Bands, which is, it's got an axe in the logo. It's like, oh, I'm a manly. It's a ring, my guy. Just wear it. Stop being, why are men afraid of jewelry? You know, pirates wore jewelry. Vikings wore jewelry. Um, I don't know. Everybody wore jewelry. Who cares? All right, so here we have John Krasinski now trying to break into Frank's house, you know, loaded a payback. This guy's got a nice house for a reverend. Another thing that's really throwing me off is how do reverends make money? They are men of God. Why do they need uh, fancy houses? But whatever. I guess it's up to him to spend uh, tithings however he wants. So I was right. Reverends can get married. I got you, sucker MC. So maybe that's why, uh, again, a younger reverend would have had a crush on Sadie, would have made a lot more sense, wow. is my theory. I wonder what that rule is, man. Like, I need to. I who care? Like, it's too many rules, and honestly, I don't care about these rules. But like, reverends versus priests versus preachers versus pastors, and also just let them get married. Who cares, man? I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust a reverend that's not married, or a clergyman in general that's not married. You get what I'm saying? Or at least not dating. You know what I'm saying? We all know what I'm saying. Oh, don't you run away. Oh. These are mine. This is good. Things are really good. And I'm not 
even concerned with the fact that Ben hasn't written his vows yet. Really? No. <laughs> He's just drawn this little animated truck going through a hoop of fire. Huh. You know what? It's actually better. Because, you know, he's waiting until the last second when his mind is completely clear and he can just say what he really means. Okay, All right, what do we think? What does that mean, Mandy? What what kind of justification is that? But again, you can see it's wearing on her. You can see that she's, she's kind of upset that he hasn't written his vows yet, but... If he's gonna write it off the cuff, he would have written it by now. Only reason why a guy would wait until the last minute to write his vows is because either one, he's a procrastinator, or two, he's a perfectionist. He doesn't, he doesn't even want to attempt to write anything for, uh, what's it called? For the fear of it being, uh, even the first draft being imperfect. Oh, okay. So this whole thing, this whole point of having Christine Taylor was just to plant that seed. They've been taking low blows at her this whole time just for her to finally say, oh, yeah, he never wrote his vows, too. So then it's going to plant the seed of, like, again, many more doesn't have any thoughts for herself uh, in this film. It's just like, oh, you're telling me that because he hasn't written his view, uh, vows yet, he might be a bad husband? Got it. I wasn't able to process that on my own, but thanks to you explaining it to me, I know it now. Yo, kid. Is this a piece of work? They don't make them like this anymore. When two people say I do, they're putting their lives... What does this have to do with anything? See, this is like, oh, man. Throwing random beats. You have to drive well to be able to get married. Oh, I remember now. This is the one where one of them is blindfolded. Very dangerous, very irresponsible, and I will admit, communication is very important, but this is probably, okay, it's a comedy, it's a comedy, that's so funny, the problem is with communication, but they silence him when each other tries to communicate, hilarious, you know what, I'm just gonna come out and say it, you know what, I've been kind of holding this back, he should dump her. He should just dump her. She's not a really good partner to him. And she, again, she's just this vessel for other people's... They both are. They're both vessels for other people's ideas. But she's like very unaccommodating to uh, her partner. She's very accommodating to this reverend. And then like also the whole class thing. There's a lot of things I don't like about this couple <laughs> looking back. Again, uh, maybe the younger me was just like, oh, again, they're attractive. They're like a wedding cake couple. They're cute. They belong together. But just the way that they're written, don't like them all. Should she really be instructing from the backseat, literally backseat driving? Shouldn't he be in the passenger seat at least? Score of less than 80%, you might want to consider getting married in Vegas. You know what? Vegas sounds kind of awesome to me right now. Really? Maybe you can get an Elvis impersonator to officiate. Hey, you know what? 
How dare you? I think I mentioned this before. I will get married in Vegas. And Ben, you want to help your future bride? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I do. I do. They should have done this in the empty parking lot too. I get it. It's a movie. I get it. I get it. Don't get out. Don't jump down my throat. I know it's a movie. That's very good. Taking responsibility. Excellent, Sadie. I want a little more enthusiasm in the back, Ben. Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Mm. Aren't you? I might actually be my pants. Sarcasm. Look at step systems. Communication. Point off the left. Take a right. Now. All right. Now. Now. Yikes. Oh, good thing uh, Jesus, aka Robin Williams, has taken the wheel. But everybody's driving so poorly too. <laughs> Even the people that aren't blindfolded. Slow down. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Look at her. She's so insane. She's. Stop the car, lady. I would say this. Okay. How about this? How about this? Can I be. Uh, I'm just gonna be. Let's just be honest. If we're really going to be executing this exercise, she should shut up and just listen and only ask, like, confirmation questions, just like, left right now? Like, she should only be asking that stuff. There's a lot of commentary, there's a lot of back and forth uh, for a blind driving test. Anyways. She somehow sees as this, this which, uh, uh, you know, two two psychics would fail, <laughs> two two telepaths would have failed that test, and she uses this as like, oh, that's the final straw. Like it's so illogical. Again, I'm not against the fun of it. I'm against like the. I don't know. It's just so forced. It's so uh, manufactured. By the way, uh, this is like the only piece of trivia I could find. Those are uh, John Krasinski's real parents. Uh, couldn't find a lot of trivia about this movie because it's not a very good, popular movie, and people don't typically share trivia about a bad movie. How did they get? How did they get Robin Williams in the first place? Ben, where are your vows? Also, this is the due date, so I feel like he should have written something down. Okie dokie. Well, I guess that'll have to do for now. After the vows, we have the lighting of the candle. I don't know why she doesn't... I don't know why she's so upset by that. Yes, I want to think about everything. What? Or rather, how about this? I don't know why she's so upset about it now. She should have confronted him about this earlier. So what? You obviously think my family is a bunch of rich, alcoholic snobs. Oh. You never take the lead on things, Ben, And I'm ever. not good enough for you. I'm not adventurous enough in bed, right? Mm. And I'm not oh. as handsome as Carlisle. I'm not as successful as Carlisle. Carlisle so I... has nothing to do with it. What are you talking Carlisle about? Carlisle has everything to do with it, Sadie. How? Because he is someone whose opinion you trust way more than mine. Oh, God. What? When have I ever said that to you, Ben? You just don't have to. Carla, what, <laughs> what brand of cheese? You know, I don't think that was ever explained. And now that I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, yeah. 
you did never say it. That was never uh, brought up. And again, probably a late, uh, a little, a late uh, addition. Great job, Manny Moore. Great actress. But you know what's interesting about marriage and relationships, you know, because I do see this and I used to think this way. Maybe this movie had played a part in me thinking this, but I'm always just like, you know, uh, 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 through good times and bad in sickness and in health. Right. It's like you want to test your relationship to make sure that it can survive the worst. But what you shouldn't do. And again, I'm thinking about this now as an adult. Don't force the bad stuff to happen to test it. Right? If it happens, it happens, and that's the test. But steering into trouble to test your relationship is uh, probably an unhealthy human behavior that we carry on uh, uh, with us into relationships. I don't, I, do people do that? Like, I'm not a type of person that likes to test myself very much. I'm a ma very much a man of comfort. But I can see that some people like to do that. Like, oh, hey, like... In the hands of a Let's go, you know, spend two weeks outdoors. Why? Just to, just to see if we can. You didn't have to. You're putting yourself through that hardship, right? Uh, let's walk instead of taking an Uber. Why? Just to see if we can. It's an adventure. Those type of people, that type of psychology or that type of philosophy, uh, I can see them going into relationships also, it's just like, hey, let me cheat on you. Why? Just to see if we could get, you know, if we could get past it, you know. Let me ask you about all your ex-girlfriends and, and, and prod about your history. Why? Just so we can see if we can get through it. Seeing that now. Maybe I should stop trying to test uh, all my relationships. Anyways, I'm getting a little too introspective here. But here we can see that the reason why Robin Williams got married was to save a woman's life. I think that who cares? It doesn't matter why. Because he should be allowed to get married too. It's, it's wild to me that this was like a, a trump card. It's wild that this was like the, oh yeah, here's the weapon. You know, like boom, you were married. But whatever. What if it was like, I found pictures of you when you were, uh, you know, 12 in his uh, bedside table. There you go. That's information. Unbelievable. The whole family hates him and I don't know. Are you happy now? So look at like what was the whole what was his whole reasoning? His his whole thing was to like make him miserable. He deserves that punch. Dude has like no motivation, no motive. Frozen peas. Come on. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. 
I don't get it. If she's such a control freak and he's such a pushover, aren't they a perfect match? <laughs> you know? If she, I mean, that's what they say. I didn't, I didn't say that, but that's what was labeled in the movie. Right? If she, like, has the itinerary and she schedules all the directions and everything and whatever, she should have just written, written the vows for him or given him a prompt. Like, I'm going to write this for my, my vows, and your vows should be this. You know, mine is going to be iambic pentameter, so yours should be an iambic pentameter. Like, that's what they could have done. Of course he hasn't written his vows yet, you know? That's who, you're, that's who you're marrying. I don't know. That's the thing that I really don't like about most rom-coms is, like, you should know who you're marrying. This isn't day one of the relationship. This is day, presumably, right? Like, they've been dating for at least a year, presumably. So, like, within the year, you know the guy's pro procrastinator or he doesn't make decisions. So why do you marry that person? And that's not really just such an indictment so much on this movie so much as it is on, like, I don't know, American romance in general. You know? I know I'm, I know I'm 31 and single. You don't have to tell me. Maybe I'm too picky or a big convergent or whatever. But like, whatever, guys. I know by the third date, I'm like, oh, uh, you dip your fries in mayonnaise. I am not marrying that, so I'm not gonna have a third or fourth date, right? I'm not gonna try to change them. Uh, uh, no disrespect to, uh, I think it's France. No disrespect to the French if you dip your fries in mayonnaise. That's just not what I do. I dip my fries in ketchup, I dip my fries in mustard, and I dip my fries in uh, uh, Wendy's chocolate frosty. I, you know, and if nobody, like, oh, David, you dip your fries in ketchup, like, I'd be, okay, don't marry me. Let's not go on another date. I'm just saying it cuts both ways, right? So, I don't know. I guess she only was attracted to Ben because he was a tall hottie uh, from the office. I would agree, but you've been taking his advice all movie long. That's such a lazy... Uh, screenwriting thing where it's just like this movie's been full of stumbles and roadblocks but then to say none of this was me all this was just the, the wacky best friend why do that it's such a cop out then let's make a movie about the wacky best friend if he's the one making all the moves you know hey my guy write this down my guy write this down that's your vows write this down Oh, nice. Way to figure that out. Way to, way, to de way to develop agency. How far into the movie are we? Uh, uh, an hour and uh, 13 minutes into the movie, he finally realized, I'm my own man. I can make my own decisions. Maybe she should marry him either. I don't know, unless she wanted a, a man puppet. Just listen to the ball game. How did where, how did he bug her? Uh, like, where's the where's the um, microphone? Is it in his jacket? In his backpack? What's going on there? By the way, and I don't want to again talk about me too much, but I kind of do want to talk about me uh, too much. If someone was like. 
I have to get married at this church or like, you know, in Bride Wars. I have to get married at the, whatever that hotel was, right? At the, 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 whatever, the plaza in June, right? I would question, it's like, hey, you know, like, I'm uh, part of the marriage too, right? Like, like, is the venue more important than me? I would uh, really question that. And then two, also, like, I'm a big fan of long engagements, so it's like, the, the blah, blah, blah won't be available for another two years. Great, let's be engaged for two years then, you know? Let's not rush it, let's not get stressed out. I just noticed this, a lot of the rom-coms we're watching are like, the wedding's in three weeks. Why is the wedding always in three weeks? And I love that that's always the, the number people land on. If you're, like, why don't you just make it one week if you really wanted to make it like stressful? Right, or just make it like two months to make it a little bit more realistic, or three months, not yeah, six months, whatever. But uh, it's always like it's in three weeks. You had your chance. You had an empty vow notebook, and you didn't say anything to me. And that's part of the thing I want to talk to you about. Listen, I just want. I don't like this grand gesture because I don't like that the whole family went with her. How come I could say so much and you couldn't say anything? Poor, poor Mandy Moore. Uh, isn't allowed to like have her own moments or her own scenes. She's very much like, what is Eric Olsen doing here? He's just clearing my throat. What is that guy doing here? What? A piece of coconut went down the wrong way. Can't you see that your daughter's in pain? Yes, I'm in pain, and I'm all alone. Not you. Too. I'm alone. Not you. Is anyone at all concerned with the fact that my life is falling apart? Oh, of course we are, sweetie. But relationships are complicated. We certainly don't have all the answers. Well, you guys have been I hate this whole family. I wouldn't want to marry into this family. Okay, but Ben and I couldn't even decide on what color napkins we wanted, let alone how many kids we were going to have. And he wasn't secure enough to handle the fact that I have a good guy friend. I don't know if it's our friendship he was insecure about. I like this part. Really? He never said this throughout the whole friendship, though. But listen to him. About this from Ben's perspective. I mean, how do you think he feels when you're always coming to me for answers? I don't go to you all the time. But when are you going to him? Boom. This guy's an actualized man. I like this dude. This guy's my new favorite character the entire movie. That's really hard, though. He's like the only adult <laughs> that actually, like, I don't know, has, like, any self-awareness. Although if he were a good friend, he would have said that stuff in Act 1, not in Act 3. But whatever. Does this happen all the time? Sadie? To go from being so in love to this. You know, I'm, I'm all alone. Happens, on happens all the time when you have an interloper trying to sabotage a relationship. Why is she calling him, by the way? Are we the first ones to fail the course? Who said the course is over? It's only over when you decide it's done. And then, by the way, at the end, there's this, like, third act reveal that I hate. It's such a bad message. It almost ruins the whole movie. It ruins the whole message. But, like, his whole thing is I, sat, I destroy couples just to bring them back together, and that's what earns them the quote-unquote license to wed. Horrible. Think about that in terms of any other type of like personal growth or improvement 
where you have to like grind it down to the rock bottom before you can build it back up, you know? Hey, I want to learn how to drive. I want a license to drive. Okay, well, let's just prove that cars are scary and dangerous and you can't do it. Do you accept that? Yes, yes, I accept it. I'll never be able to drive. Perfect. Now you're ready to drive. You know? I want to be a parent. Okay, for, let me just prove to you why you absolutely should not be a parent. I don't want to have kids anymore. I can't do this. Okay, perfect. Now you're ready to be a parent. <laughs> I love you. I want to marry you. Okay, let me explain to you why you don't want to marry me, and then after that, are you ready to marry me? What a joke. Yeah. It is like that. Uh, there's a um, uh, uh, um, uh, Tumblr quote that uh, a couple years ago, I used to love this Tumblr quote, but uh, now I, I, I vehemently hate it, and I'm sorry I ever re, uh, reblogged it. But um, Right? It's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. I want to find out. Wait, hold on. I want to see where that's from. I wonder if that was from a movie or something. You can't handle me at my worst. You don't deserve me at my best. That's attributed to uh, Marilyn Monroe. I don't know if she actually wrote it, but that's who... Uh, 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 it, it's attributed to, so sorry if it's not really her, but that's what it says. Um, I, I don't know. I think that's just an unhealthy outlook on... That's like a very... That's a very uh, narcissistic way of uh, partnership or, or relationships. Wow, what a great romantic gesture. He wrote this all in the sand. Stupid. <laughs> Anyways, because uh, uh, that message is basically saying that I'm going to. You're the, okay. Um, you're. I'm your. First of all, I'm your reward. I'm your reward. I'm your reward for um, uh, you being there for me when I am at throwing, like throwing a tantrum or going through some shit. Uh, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. You know, people should, quote-unquote, handle you at your worst, but it should be up to them. It shouldn't be a, what's it called? A threshold or a requirement, a price of entry, you know? I'm having a horrible time. You know, my family's going through this crisis, blah, blah. You should want to help me, and I should try to, like, also say, no, please, you don't have to, right? But if I walk up to you and I say, hey, my boss yelled at me. I need to take it out on you. And in, in return, one day you'll get me at my best. Horrible. Uh, but, yeah, that's um, kind of what we had going on. That's, like, this dude's uh, uh, whole philosophy, throwing the worst into each other's way so they can handle each other. Uh, at their best Whatever And like they don't even get married at the church Right? So like So stupid <laughs> So stupid His whole church was like fully booked But he's taking time off to do this wedding in Jamaica Whatever Oh my god I didn't change it I'm gonna change it right when I get back No 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 Bite your tongue cause I would want to change it for anything in the whole world Who feels good right now? <laughs> I guess like, yeah, now that I realize, this is a really 
uh, uh, unsteady, poorly paced rom-com. As we watch this, like, who really is cheering for them or who, like, you know what happens at the end of a rom-com, right? You're supposed to be like, oh, I'm so glad that they finally got back together and everything. Like, nobody's feeling that right now. Everyone's just like, oh, boy. Boy, did they go through it. And again, it's because this movie's not about John Krasinski and Mandy Moore. This movie is more about Robin Williams. And we're always like, yes, Robin Williams, your, your, your crazy method, right? Your, 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 your wild philosophy. It, it works, you know? It's, more, it's most, mostly his triumph, not uh, John and Mandy's. So there's no happy ending for the sister? Anyways, guys, we got a fun Robin Williams movie, so it is what it is there. A lot of really fun gags with him. Oh, I guess Eric Olsen's with the sister now? That's very... Uh... Out of nowhere. I can't imagine getting married at the beach. It's, it seems like a beautiful thing in theory, but have you guys ever been to the beach for like a whole day? I know a lot of people, they love beaches, blah, 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 but like as someone who grew up in Southern California, if you've ever been at the beach for more than four hours, you know what I'm talking about. Humans weren't <laughs> designed uh, to live, uh, to, to spend time on beaches. It's gonna cook you alive. What does that mean, man? They're on their, they're on their honeymoon. This is so stupid. <laughs> and it just ends. <laughs> it just ends on that note. All right. I guess that's it. Oh God, blooper reel. Let's check out this blooper reel. I know. I lost. We Oh, I guess if there's one thing uh, I learned from watching a lot of Office bloopers is that John Krasinski can't hold it together. He breaks all the time. Also, though, Robin Williams, type of guy that always like riffs and ad libs. This was like a. I mean, it's, it's it's amazing we even got 90 minutes out of the, these two. Oh, by the way, it's a it's hour and uh, it's 85 minutes. We didn't even make it to the full hour and a half. All right, well, I uh, think it's time to just recap this episode. Like I mentioned, not a huge fan of this movie uh, in retrospect, but I, I grew up watching it a lot, trying to learn something about dating religious girls. Uh, learn nothing. So, uh, obviously, the star of this movie, Robin Williams, can't say enough about this guy, right? Who doesn't love Robin Williams? Uh, overall, just a amazing, amazing, amazing guy, amazing performer. Truly missed. Uh, truly a gift to the world. Uh, don't think he's done any other rom-coms, or if there are, uh, none of them come to mind. Unless you count uh, um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire to be a rom-com, which I 
do not. Uh, John Krasinski, of course we all know John Krasinski, played Jim in The Office, uh, has now since moved on to uh, being a great filmmaker with A Quiet Place 1 and 2. Mm. And yeah, good guy. Questionable rom-com lead. Uh, 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 speaking of rom-com leads, we had Mandy Moore. I again think she killed it. I think she kills most roles that she does. Uh, she's no stranger to the romantic comedy. She's done plenty of them. A lot of romantic dramas, uh, too. Um, but yeah, she is phenomenal. She's one of my favorites. Uh, and I think again, she did a great job. I think she did an excellent job in this movie. It was just the role was not written with her in mind at all. She was really much just. Uh, a shell of a, a shell of a character, a shell of a woman. But I love Mandy Moore. Uh, again, directed by Ken Quapis. Remember, he directed. He's uh, just not that into you, uh, which was one of her first episodes. Uh, he also directed Sister of the Traveling Pants, which I do plan on doing eventually. It's a rom com in my book. Um, and he directed Dunson Checks In. Uh, which is a movie that uh, I have a lot of fond memories of as a child. Don't want to rewatch it just in case it ends up not uh, uh, aging too well again. No way, they're going to make another Sister of the Traveling Pants movie? Sisterhood Everlasting? Awesome. I wonder if they're going to get back the whole cast. All right, anyways. Uh, um, uh, he also directed like. 13 episodes of The Office. He also directed the first and last episode. Um, by the way, for a TV show, it's a big deal to direct a pilot because when you direct a pilot, you kind of establish the uh, visual language. So you can attribute a lot of the funniest parts about The Office to him because most other uh, directors just try to be consistent with the pilot's direction. All right, on to who I really have a problem with. Again, everyone so far that I mentioned, I think they did a great job. I really have a problem with the uh, writers. And one of the main problems with the writers I can just identify right now is that, that there were three uh, writers, three screenplay writers on this um, film, which is really tough, really tough uh, on any film, but particularly for comedies. You know, we're, I try to execute one vision, and in this case, we seem to have three visions and three... Even three types of jokes altogether. Um, so the the main screenwriter uh, is Kim Barker, and she's only written two movies. One of them is Licensed to Wed, and the other one is All About Steve. Now we know how I feel about uh, Licensed to Wed. Now, All About Steve. If you've never heard of All About Steve, or if you've never seen All About Steve, uh, don't watch it. It's an unwatchable, horrible rom-com. Um, I've seen it. And I would never do a podcast episode about it because uh, I would just be, it would just be a, a, a total shit fest. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, but then the other two writers, our writing team, Tim Rasmussen and Vince de Meglio. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, they've written a couple of things too. Um, nothing good, but... Um, they wrote like Marmaduke together. So you can kind of get the idea of what type of writers they are, what type of comedies they go for. 
Uh, they also wrote this movie called Smother, which I have not seen, but it looks like it's, you know, bad. It's about a smothering mother. And you can, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it there. Anybody that thinks that a, a overbearing mother is a good premise for a rom-com, um, I don't trust their judgment. All right, finally, when it got, the next thing you have to talk about is just how this movie performed. All right, so I'm not alone here. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 7%. And I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense now. You know, I might have defended it when I was in high school, but now as a 31-year-old single man watching rom-coms uh, by himself, <laughs> I will say not very good. Audience score, pretty wild. Audience score is 53%. And like for the first time, I'm like, that's a little high. That's a little high. I'm in the 47% that did not like this. I think that's too high. Uh, box office-wise, though, uh, not too bad. And I think most of it is because of the stars. And again, part of the reason why you watched it today with me is because of the stars. Part of the reasons why I watched it originally uh, growing up was because of the stars. Uh, so it has a budget of $35 million, uh, which is wild. Probably, probably went to Jamaica, probably went to the Robot Babies, probably went to that driving, all the stunts for the driving scene. $35 million for a rom-com. Are you kidding me? Um, anyways, of that, though, they made $43 million dis uh, domestic, which is pretty good. Made its money back, which is the best you can hope for, or the least you can hope for, rather. And then uh, if you, after you add an international box office, it made about $70 million uh, total. So it doubled its money. Shockingly, um, but it did all right. Made its money back. Cool, chill. It is what it is. But uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, anything else I want to say about License to Wed? I'm sorry for making you watch this. Uh, again, I picked it long ago. One, in keeping with the theme. And then two, just because uh, I did, I, I, I must confess, like, I did have a lot of fond memories of this movie growing up. But that's part of growing up, you know? Part of, part of like, looking back and thinking, oh, I can't be like that movie in the past. That's, uh, that's growth, you know, so uh, sorry you had to go through this growth with me. You were probably already there. You didn't need to do any growing. You already, you already knew all along it wasn't a good movie. But, hey, you made the decision. You're an adult, and we watched it together. All right, so uh, the uh, next uh, episode, the next uh, wedding-based movie we're going to be watching is going to be Wedding Crashers. That's right, we're going to get there, and yes, it is very much a romantic comedy, all right? If you've never seen Wedding Crashers, which I doubt, I think most people in the world have seen Wedding Crashers, uh, but if you haven't, here is the uh, trailer um, for that uh, movie. This summer, two people will come together to celebrate the sanctity of marriage. It's wedding season, kid! crashing weddings. We are going to have tons and tons of opportunities to meet gorgeous ladies that are so aroused by the thought of marriage that they'll throw their inhibitions to the wind. And who's going to be there to catch them? Grab that net and catch that beautiful butterfly, pal. Who are we this time? Lou Epstein. I want you to meet Chuck Schwartz. Sanjay Collins. Chuck Vendaloo. Seamus O'Toole. Bobby O'Shea. I'm ready to get drunk. Okay, so what angle are you going to play here? I'm going to go with the balloon animal display. I'm going to dance with the little flower girl. I might be a charter member of Oprah's book club. It's all deadly. Owen Wilson. You know how they say we only use 10% of our brains? Mm -hmm. I think we only use 10% of our hearts. Vince Vaughn. 
Tattoo on the lower back. Might as well be a bullseye. With Christopher Walken. Wedding Crashers. I always knew my first time would be on a beach. First time? We're gonna be so happy together. I love you. Wow, um, what a blast from the past. Get ready for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen that trailer in so long. I haven't seen the movie in a while, too, but uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I hope it's aged well. I hope there's not going to be too many inappropriate jokes, but uh, get ready for some R-rated comedy uh, in our next episode. All right, so that's going to go ahead and do it today. Uh, don't forget, as always, follow me on Twitter at RomCompanionPod or else I will delete my account. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, thanks again for uh, watching with us today. Uh, take care and have a great day.